James, chapters 3, verse 7 and 8. People can tame and already have tamed every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish. No one can tame the tongue, though. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. And I'm Pastor Melissa. And today we continue to be joined by the elephant or donkey in the room, or or maybe this week, is it the fly? I think it's the fly in the room that is joining us this week. It is it is a joyful time to be together as we explore what it means to be people of faith in the midst of an election season and an election cycle. Uh, Officially, this series is called Beyond the Ballot where we hope and pray that you are doing the work that is necessary in your life to to make voting decisions not based on feeling but on actual thoughtful engagement of the process. But we also know that there are things that don't show up on a ballot that really speak to our walk with Christ in this time and the state of our soul. Right. And I think that's so important that like you brought up like um there is a, there's almost a Wesleyan quadrilateral like permission mm. um, to invite into this process because um, when we allow it to just be capitalized by our emotions in this season, that is what every industry is trying to capitalize on. Not mm. just our political belief industries, but also like it's campaign season all around and oh, for sure. businesses like to make a dollar at the end of the day. So if they can sway your emotions mm-hmm. to make you buy their product or whether that's out of like, oh, I'm so hopeful for a hope-filled future or um, out of fear of right. what happens if the other candidate wins or whatever. like there's, there's Or this new thing will somehow make me whole and complete and one. Yes, and exactly. Want. So there's a beauty in the processing of allowing our whole integrated selves as Christians to be invited to when we get to the ballot. Yeah. And I think we actually already did that. We both we have voted. Like, I saw your inst- I saw your I saw your sticker from yeah. Chloe. Yeah. The, I I don't want to I really resisted online because when I went to vote the line was short thanks be to God. Yep. But the um they were out of stickers. And so I didn't get a sticker, but my five-year-old, when I got home, had a sticker for me. And she gave me a snowflake sticker. Uh-huh. Oh <laughs> and there were so many jokes that went through my head, but I resisted them all. Um, and, and so I, I want you to know that you can be proud of me uh, in this time. But yeah, we have voted and, and we hope and pray that you have, or if you haven't, you've made a plan so that you know how you are going to, to make sure that you're registered and you create time to go and to do so safely. Um, I I know that our polls here in town were, were run reasonably well. They made great accommodations for social distancing. There was uh, a lot of sanitizing of pins and booth spaces and, and all of that happening to try to make this a, an engaging process, but also a safe process for us. Um, one of the things that, you know, when you mentioned that this was something we can come to as, 
with our whole integrated self, right? Mm-hmm. I went to where we often go in faith to the head, heart, and hands image, okay. right? Yeah. Um, and, and that is true. This is the thing that we I hope and pray people are engaging with their head, their heart, and then with their hands, whether that is as simply as voting or advocating on behalf of the candidate that you believe best matches with your hopes in the midst of this. The other thing that jumped to mind though, was that it's more than just a head, heart and hands thing. Uh It's also a place where our voice matters and specifically how we use our voice really matters. Um, that, you know, whether that's literal physical voice standing on a street corner, you know, right. trying to have a conversation with somebody or around the water cooler at work. Although, do we have those conversations anymore? <laughs> um, you know, or online or other places. Our, our voices are powerful mm-hmm. instruments that God has given us. Yeah. Um, and, and as, you know, we heard from James a little bit earlier, our voices are also places where historically we've been pessimistic yes. <laughs> about our ability to actually control yeah. um, the ways uh, we use our voices constructively. Which is the perfect like way to bring us into today's conversation, really, which is about um, how do we use our voice? Do we mm. use it to lift up or tear down? Right. And in election seasons, there is so much fodder around us that is inviting, tempting um, to say, tear down, tear down the other people. Um, and, uh, and I think in the like globalizing um, world, the internet-driven world, it is becoming easier and easier to do that. Um, oh, for sure. You know, I, I'm not really on Twitter, um, but I have a Twitter account, and I really just use it when Methodists gather is the most scary <laughs> thing. But I also, you know, the jokes are made about Twitter. Like, Twitter is a scary place because there's just permission to tear each other apart, Mm. to tear each other down. And I think I see that DNA slipping more and more into Facebook. Absolutely. And I think there's, you know, Twitter can be, Twitter, like any of these tools, Mm -hmm. can be how you want to have it be. Right. Right. Um, I I am on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot, um, but I do look at Twitter pretty well every day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a very cultivated Twitter space. Yeah. And, And it's cultivated to resist um, having to put my eyes and my head and my heart into those spaces of radical dysfunction. Yeah. So most of my Twitter feed is Jesus stuff, Baylor sports, <laughs> and the NBA. That's most of my Twitter feed. Uh-huh. Um, and our requisite Methodist pastor friends um, who usually fall into one of those three categories, depending uh-huh. on the day. Um, sometimes the NFL gets dropped in there too. But it is a place where, you know, and we, we talked about this uh, with our congregation here locally uh, not long ago about the ways our words can be used to dehumanize others or not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this choice of lifting up or tearing down is, is one we don't think we face, mm-hmm. but we do face with every potential meme we th- want to hit share on, right? right? Yeah. Or um, because we don't know how somebody on the other end is going to receive it. Um, you know. I watch like this continual battle going on online of um, in Facebook land. Uh, there's um, this family that I watch and they are very vocal. There's um, one um, set of the family is very um, conservative, votes straight ticket Republican. And then the other side of the family is the exact opposite. They're very liberal. They vote straight Democrat. Like that's kind of the family dynamic. And I just 
watch them. They don't ever engage with each other <laughs> in these, but they post the memes. They okay. post like any of the classic memes that like throws daggers at the other side. And I just wonder like, what does that do for your family relationship? Mm, yeah. I think that's kind of what's at stake on the table. Not just family relationships, but just relationships in general. Like what meme is worthy of like creating a rift between you and someone in the pew? Right. Um, you and someone that you care about well and and i know in our unique dynamic and i know that it is not completely unique to us but it is a a thing that happens in the church of jesus christ right is that we are a diverse group of people with a variety of experiences and backgrounds and circumstances and opinions Mm -hmm. right um and and so you know in in our congregation we aren't just a purple congregation (laughs) You know, we're a muddy mess of a congregation because, you know, we've got Republicans, we've got Democrats, we've got Green Party people, we've got uh, Libertarians, we've got people who are attached and and identify with parties that I didn't even know existed, right? Right, And that's just uh, the nature of the world right now. Um, And and so when we try to lean into a a snarky, meme-oriented dynamic... We don't know who we're harming. Yeah. And I'll admit, there's sometimes I scroll through some stuff and, and encounter things that reaffirm my pre-existing uh, yeah. understandings or my pre-existing beliefs about things that are, you know, both make me feel good and are funny that are really tempting. Yeah. Right? But then often you have to go, is this worth damaging a relationship? Is this worth projecting an image that says, you know, I really am smarter than everybody else in this room, or, you know, I have all the answers. And if you don't believe with me, you're an idiot. I mean, you know, there's so many unintended, um, places and communication messages that get sent because we're all coming from so many different dynamics, right? One of the things that I know you love to do and and I love to do in, in my work, uh, is to work with couples before they get married. Right. And to walk through that premarital counseling kind of journey. And, and a lot of what we talk about, as cliche as it sounds, mm-hmm. is clarifying expectations, yep. speaking truth to each other, mm-hmm. and learning how to communicate. Usually not together. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times people figure that out. Right. But, but how do you, in identifying those expectations and bringing clarity, help communicate within, within your immediate group, but also to the extended family networks that you're a part of, right? And how do you keep those lines open? Like, I think that's also a big piece of it. And that that is a piece that we miss. Like, you finish, you check off premarital counseling, and it's like, oh, we're done with that. Or we think like, oh, I no longer have to do that with other people in my life. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, because I can't tell you how many couples I've had talk to me you know, a year after they get married, when they've gone through that first round of Christmas and Thanksgiving and new, you know, and the, whose house are we going to? And, you know, whose parents are going to get frustrated or mad or upset or feel left out or, you know, and I, and they said, you told us we had to talk about this. And then we didn't talk about this. Uh And then we experienced this. And, and, And so then my question is, well, what can you learn for the lesson of if you're going to have children, when you have your first child, this whole thing will come up again. Just be, right. be prepared to be ready. Um, if that's something your family's going to want to do, know that everybody's going to have an opinion and y'all are going to have to come to that yourself. And, and there will be unintended consequences to whatever you communicate, no matter how well you try to lift up in the communication. Uh, one of the things I was reminded of in this season 
um, that speaks to that unintended consequence, yeah. right? That place where, huh, yeah. I didn't think that that was going to be a response was um, a while ago when I shared uh, John Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist movement, right, right? is uh, is my homeboy and the homeboy of many uh, folks who walk in the way of Jesus in the Wesleyan tradition. I did a sermon series once titled, uh, Wesley is my homeboy. Nice. I think you should know that. Nice. All right. Well, I feel a little less old with my language on that front then. Um, but he, to his gathered community, like the the, the people he was pastoring, um, gave some election advice, mm-hmm. right? He did his own version of the Beyond the Ballot right. podcast series. Yeah. Now, he was much more succinct than we are, and so I think we have Always. ways to, to learn and grow here. But he said, he said this, he said, I met with those in our society who had votes in the ensuing election and advised them, number one, to vote without fee or reward for the person they judged most worthy. Mm-hmm. Number two, to speak no evil of the person they voted against. Yeah. And number three. And that one's really easy to do in our time. Like, oh, it's yeah. It's become easier to create them as the straw man to be torn down. Oh, absolutely. But please tell us number three. And number three was to take care of their spirits so that they were not sharpened against those that they voted on the other side. And that is the one that stings the most, doesn't it? Mm. Well, I think two and three are so powerful. We're good at one. We're good at at voting, you know, thoughtfully engaging, not getting bribed for our votes because nobody's offering us any money for our (laughs) votes. They don't really do that anymore. Right, they don't do that anymore. (laughs) Um, But we're good at voting our conscience, usually. Um, and a lot of us, you know, my ballot, I voted for people in every kind of party. <laughs> you know, it was an interesting little purple mix on, on my ballot. But, um, but to speak no evil of the person you voted against. Mm-hmm. Or, out, you know, to correct Wesley a little bit, I would say, mm-hmm. to speak no evil of those you didn't vote for. Yeah. Right? Um, because not all, you know, we don't actually vote against people. Right. We vote, hopefully, mm-hmm. for um, but to not speak any evil against those who you're voting for. And then also to be intentional about making sure that your hearts aren't hardened yeah. against those who vote differently than you. Um, the reason I say sometimes what you communicate has unintended consequences, right, was I posted this, and then within an hour I had had somebody hop into the comment section okay. with, with an inflammatory, negative, very... Um, grouchy <laughs> uh, comment directed to to essentially say, how can I live into this when the person who's different than me is so evil, right? Yeah. Um, and and it just you know struck me in that moment that in trying to call people mm-hmm. to a level of grace and clarity, yeah. some received that as an allowance for uh, evil, as they had defined it, to continue um, in in a different way, right? Yeah, and that's kind of the polarization that we've seen happen is that um, in the the healthy thing that Christians I've actually seen, like, be invited to in the middle of all this, in the midst of all this, is actually to re-engage the center, to re-engage a healthy middle that says, like, we're actually not that different. And the things that we want really aren't that different, no matter what our um, media and echo chambers tell us mm-hmm. and it's to rehumanize one another i think that's a gift that christians can give each other um, in the midst of lifting each other up or tearing each other down so daniel i want to ask you because mm-hmm. this is a question we've asked in yeah. the series 
what is the one piece of advice uh, you would offer someone in this dichotomy of how do you lift up um, or not tear down uh, yeah. someone in this season? So I would say take on the challenge, okay. uh, especially if you've already voted or if you have real clarity on who you're voting for, mm-hmm. of taking a piece of paper out, naming both of the main candidates for whatever race you're most interested in whether that's your mayor, your state representative, your yeah. congressman, your or congresswoman, your senator, or the president. Yeah. Write the, the race you feel most informed about. Write their name on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and write at least three things that lift up mm-hmm. each person. Okay. I like it. That's a challenge. Even, even if it's something as simple as saying, if, if you want to go to policy, that's yeah. fine, right? But write... In a world where we're told everybody who's different is evil and terrible and no good, mm-hmm. let's name and lift up actions or pieces of spirit mm-hmm. that um, that we see good in the person that we both voted for and didn't vote for. Yeah, I love it. Hmm. Now, Melissa, yeah, what's your one thing? So um, I was thinking about, you know, we kind of um, rapped hard against... Uh, social media in this, but I think, sure. you know, we also named that our voice is powerful and in this continued season of the year 2020 that feels like a decade, um, social media is one of the ways we can use our voice. And so mm. one of the ways that I've seen people positively engage in conversation on social media um, is a lot of it's been through Instagram stories, but you could do this in a lot of ways um, on Facebook. Twitter, don't ask me about, but at least on those two platforms, I feel confident you can do it. Where if there's an article that you really engaged with or found something helpful um, and you want to share that article, not a radical, crazy, right? Like make sure it's not- Fact check yourself. Yeah, fact checked. Man, the misinformation is, it's so widely prevalent. So once you've checked that, like it's from a good source, right? And you still feel the need that you want to share this. Um, I think one of the beautiful ways to engage conversation is to put your own thoughts around it. Mm. And so if that's sharing a quote um, or a couple different quotes even, like I've seen people on Instagram stories share like, here's the article, and then they'll snapshot like, this was my favorite sentence. And they'll, they'll do a little writing on like, a sentence of like, this is why this really struck me. Mm. And then they'll even sometimes do like another screenshot of something else where they're like, but I feel like I, I want to talk to the author um, here. Like I, mm. I disagree here actually. And I found that that is such a beautiful way for people then to message you and have a conversation of like, yeah, I really agree with that. Or yeah, I would like to mm. discuss further with the author on this or, oh, that's really helpful. You know, I disagree um, with where you land, but I really appreciate what you've shared with me. Um, and I think you can do the same exact thing on a Facebook post that I think invites um, conversation that mm. humanizes. Yeah. Yeah. An invitation to conversation rather than a broadcasting of an opinion. Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. And I'm Pastor Melissa. We are so thankful that you have joined us in this season. And if in any way this has been edifying to your spirit or thoughtful or engaged you in thoughtful conversation, we'd love for you to share this. Uh, Share it across your social media. Share it um, 
directly with somebody that you know via text or email, or just give us a, a, a like, a rating, or a review on your favorite podcasting uh, app. It does help us continue this conversation and allow it to spread far and wide. And now that we have gathered together today, I want to give us an invitation to grow. Today, our invitation to grow is an invitation to uplifting conversation. As you prepare to to have conversations with others, I want you first to have a conversation in your own heart and in your own mind. Name for yourself and for others the good you see, not just in the candidates you like, but in all on the ballot. Where do you see the image of God? And now go. Receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go from this place of listening to a podcast into the midst and the rest of your week. May you go. Noticing where sources of media or social media or whatever it may be seeks to tear down to tear down not just candidates, but relationships. And in the midst of it, may you search for Christ. May you search for the Holy Spirit, where instead, love is being lifted up on all sides, donkeys, elephants, and even flies. May you go in peace. Amen. Amen.